0: Make comfortable. Welcome to the Inside Feed presented by Athletic Brewing. This week, we are joined by two members of the Archers, Adam Gittleman and Scott Ratliff, to discuss all of the great stuff they're doing with the Give and Go Foundation, being roommates at the Championship Series, and we see how well they really do know one another.
1: It's funny, we talk about it in the interview, but people always think of Marcus and well, but this duo is quite the bromance, so yeah. we get... All in on their foundation, the culture of the archers, and the bromance itself. It's quite the interview. Yeah,
0: they're tight. They're very tight. So, update on our lives. I was off last week. Correct. how was it? Um, it was great. Very low-key. Uh, just spent some time with my nephews. Did my Aunt Lisa duties. Very low-key, but it was good. Much needed. Good
1: yeah I don't I didn't do much um I worked and yeah I watched the mini movie because it came out on YouTube I don't know if you were gone so I don't know if you saw it and I don't know if listeners saw it but it was fantastic it's funny because you see you've seen the game footage but I don't know if people have seen the before and after. So seeing the, like, locker room, it's hysterical. (laughs) They were, like, a mess. But, like, rightfully so. They were all over the place. But it's funny, like, watching it and then realizing that we had the interview right after that. Like, I don't know if people realize, like, the caliber of, like, we were trying to, like, we literally pulled Nardella and Earhart and all of them out of the locker room. You're coming with us.
0: yeah don't worry i i watched it if you guys haven't watched it it's on youtube it's really well done chose both sides of the championship game from chaos and whip snakes perspective so it's really good go check it out if you haven't yet Mm-hmm. 100 percent. all right well let's get into our interview with adam and scott Woo! take it away please welcome to the inside feed founders of the give and go foundation and goalie and long stick midfielder for the archers lacrosse club, Adam Gittleman and Scott
2: Ratliff. It's been great. Um, you know, the cool thing for us was playing in the, in the tournament was right here in Utah. So, uh, after we finished up, a lot of guys stuck around for a little bit and um, came up to Park City where I'm lucky enough to, to spend my most of my days and had a few days just uh, hanging out as a team and then everyone shipped back to their respective uh, home locations. And um, after that, Scott and myself and Brent Adams uh, all jumped in the car with, with my dog, Bodie. And we did a nice little road trip for about 10 days. And uh, after that, uh, we just got started with the University of Utah lacrosse team. We're back on campus practicing, which is such a blessing. So it's been great so far for me. Uh, We had so much fun, and it's uh, it's good to be back on the field with our guys.
0: Yeah, you guys were roommates during the championship series, and you had an advantage because you live in Utah, Adam. And you brought some stuff from home to sort of like set – the vibe in your guys' room. It was very, from what I saw, it was interesting what you brought.
1: <laughs> you had, what was it? What was, what you have?
2: Uh, a few dream catchers, you know, uh, shoot, a lot of the trinkets that I just have around my house I, I brought. It, it was almost like, luckily enough, I could bring my car to the bubble. So it was a cool thing to just feel like almost like we were at home with some of the things that. Uh, normally just hanging out and uh, yeah I think it I think it was a great thing they just made us feel super comfortable and a little bit of a zen Buddhist vibe. Adam, and-
3: Adam is the king of trinkets like he's got statues and feathers we didn't have like many waters or snacks but we had bow and arrows and we had all sorts of little hats and Um, little wooden statues and I will echo that it did make it feel like home which when you got to live in a hotel room for three straight weeks I think it's uh, it's important that you have a space that that feels right to you.
0: Now the archers sort of established themselves this season as a very dangerous team especially with the new additions you guys had you had a ton of them with Grant, Christian, Eli, um, Josh Courier. how would you describe like the overall three-week experience for you guys?
3: Yeah. I, th- I mean, I thought it was, am- it was amazing. It was, it was, you know, speaking for myself, it was one of the best lacrosse experiences of, of my life. Just uh, so unique, just, you know, to be able to kind of fully immerse ourselves in the team and, and playing for a period of time. Um, and then, you know, our team came together really well. We obviously didn't get the result we wanted at the end, but being able to go four and two and, you know, find a three game winning streak, which I, I don't think we had in year one, Um, And then more so than anything else, I I think just like really establish a a culture um, and kind of come together in that way. So obviously, you know, at the end of the day, you want that to translate into winning championships. And that was certainly our goal and and our expectation. So from that standpoint, it was it was tough to swallow the the way it ended. But I think we kind of set a foundation that, um, you know, that we can build on and and fine tune. And hopefully that'll uh, bring us some crowns here in the future.
1: How would you describe the archers
2: culture? Well, I think it, it just starts from our core of leadership. When you look at the guys who you know, lead in the locker room, you look at Scott, Marcus, Tom Shriver, extremely decorated lacrosse players, as skilled, talented, athletic as you're going to find. But ultimately, at their core, they're extremely humble and empathetic leaders. And I think that translates to what our locker room is like. I think everyone who steps into our locker room will find themselves immediately uh, being connected with their teammates, uh, feeling like a sense of togetherness, which has always been our huddle break since day one. Uh, you know, and I think that's what it's all about for us is, you know, we just, we just want to do it as a team. You know, it's it's not a ego driven roster. It's it's very much a team that has to uh, work together to, to be successful. And I think, since day one that's been who we wanted to be and you know it just starts with our leadership from our coaching staff to our captains and then you know guys like myself who are more like support role leaders on the team uh that just carry that out to to everyone else and i think if you ask guys like eli and grant who joined our team just this year uh it's the type type of environment you want to be a part of especially when you when you join as a rookie or a new player uh, I think guys come to our team and, and can feel a sense of, of comfortableness uh, very quickly, which, which you know, as we all know, helps, helps you play better.
3: And I, I don't think you can, like, stress enough how much, you know, Tom and his personality helps with that. You know, when you have the the best player and there's – we can all walk in there and there's not really any question who the best player is, and he's also, you know, probably the most humble – um, and, and not even just with his words, but with his actions and with his style of play, it makes it really easy for everybody else to kind of check your ego at the door when, when you see Tom do it that way. Um, and I think you, you know, as Adam mentioned, I think that rubs off. I think guys come in and feel comfortable being themselves right away. And you see a guy like Grant who's able to come in and, and just seamlessly fit in, you know, that goes to guys like Will Manny and, and Marcus reaching out months in advance and making sure that he felt comfortable and that he felt empowered. Um, you know, to to trust himself and to take on kind of a leadership role. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd echo what Adam said and just kind of agree that I think it's a strong point for our team right now. Um, but you know, we got to find that little extra gear to, to get over the edge here and, and play for a championship.
0: All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about Give and Go. Tell our listeners what Give and Go is and what made you guys start the foundation?
3: <laughs> this is such a long story. Probably it's it's hard to kind of it's hard to kind of pinpoint what made us start it but you know Adam and myself have been have been traveling around the world together for probably five years now and you know it, it started for us really organically we were going on these trips and um, I think Adam and Marcus were actually the first two to do it but we were we were coaching and setting up free clinics just for fun we wanted to meet locals and we wanted to share the sport and and just do something we loved and as we started doing that, the more places we went, the more we realized like the impact that we could really make. And, you know, not just through free clinics and coaching, but through networking and connecting them with whatever it was, gear manufacturers or other coaches who are coming into their country. Um, and then on top of that, the obvious like financial support. We went and did a week of service with a group called Lacrosse Crosse Nations down in Nicaragua. And we shared a bunch of stories on our social media and, and they kind of gave us feedback like this was one of our best fundraising weeks of the year you know when you guys were kind of sharing that so that helped us to just realize that you know we had a platform that we could use to fundraise money to support you know lacrosse programs all over the world and our mission statement is just that we we support underserved lacrosse communities worldwide and you know that can look a lot of different ways and in, in third world countries it's it's you know helping to create an after school program so kids have something to do and it's much less about necessarily becoming elite level lacrosse players it's it's simply about you know, having that gift of, of uh, community and, and a sport in your life, or you can go to Europe or Japan where, you know, it's less the financial struggles and it's more, they need access to coaching. They need um, access to equipment and things like that. So we just try to, you know, spread the word that, that we're available and we're here to help. And we kind of let these programs come find us and, and tell us what they need. And then we try to use our, our platform and our resources to, to help them any way we can.
1: Is there an experience that sticks out to either of you that kind of encompasses exactly what you are wanting to accomplish with Give and Go?
2: It's hard to pinpoint one that's any more special than the next because they're they're all so unique. Um, but I think what really inspired us to do what we're doing with the Give and Go Foundation and, and formulate a five hundred one c three nonprofit to raise money and all all that was was our experience in in Managua, Nicaragua, working with across the nations which um was actually started by a virginia alum brett hughes and you know you go go to a, a country like that you, you step up into managua and you and have your first experience coaching these kids and it's just such an out-of-body experience to see the gratitude and and how much fun the smiles of these kids faces to just be playing a sport like lacrosse and you know, you look at some of these kids and their and their situations where, you know, they're living in homes that are subsidized by the government, essentially on top of a, an old trash dump. You know, and uh, half of them have, you know, shoes that are are you know ripped to shreds, and you know they get out on that lacrosse court and they play a their own version of the game, and to us it was like. This is just so inspiring. You know, they're, they're bringing something to these kids that provides them accountability. Uh, there's there's so much in these programs that teaches these the life lessons that these kids um, learn through the sport of lacrosse. And for us, you know, it, that's where it all started. We're, we're sitting in a cabana in Nicaragua and we're, you know, just sitting there like, how, how can we make this? How can we make this work? And a, a brainstorming. Uh, session just just exploded and it became something that we were just so inspired to do using our platform as professional lacrosse players, using our network to other pro players and our peers to hopefully inspire more uh, of our peers to, one, those who love to travel, but let's you know maybe add on a piece to that trip where you can give back to the game, whether that's hauling some equipment or giving up you know, four or five, six hours of your time to, to meet with the local lacrosse players and run a clinic or consult them. And uh, I think the impact has been so incredible in just a short amount of time. And we feel like we're kind of just getting started on this thing.
3: Yeah. And no, I think I would add to that, like, you know, so you have, you go through this experience like that in Nicaragua, and then, you know, I think of a, a clinic we did in Zurich, uh, Switzerland, and like, couldn't be a different audience. It was mainly adults or college age or older. And, guys who, I mean, some of them are lawyers and whatever, like guys who have jobs who just kind of do this as a hobby. And then you get there and you run this clinic. And, you know, part of what we do is we try to just share the values and the history and and the culture of the game and make sure that, you know, as the sport travels out into the world, like the things that make it so great here, the community and and things like that, travel with it. Um, And you share this stuff. And and we had a kid come up to us who just said, basically, you know, he was having a really tough time in college and, and making friends and always kind of struggled and you know, he found lacrosse and it it changed his life and it gave him a community and it gave him something to do. And then when we came and, and ran this clinic and kind of encouraged them to keep pushing the sport forward, then you get these follow-up emails and messages on social media talking about, you know, I've recommitted to fitness. I've lost 15 pounds. I've been in the gym every day. I've changed my lifestyle for the better. So what's been eye-opening for me is like, you can go places that make just really obvious, massive impact where people really need it. But you can't underestimate just, you know, giving a stick to like anybody in any part of their life and inviting them into this community. It can be life changing and it can generate really good, healthy habits in, in their life. So um, that's what I think been really cool about our experience is we've gotten to, you know, have projects here domestically, like the ones we've announced recently. We've gotten to go to you know places like Europe and things like that. And then also to third world countries and, and to Nicaragua and down to Argentina and, and things. So we've really seen like a wide Range of ways that you know sharing this board lacrosse can impact people's lives, and and that's probably been the most fun part or or fulfilling for me.
0: You guys have started a couple new scholarships. Tell everyone about those.
3: Yeah, we announced the Kyle Harrison um, scholarship, which was our first one, and and you know that that really kind of stemmed from obviously like the Black Lives Matter movement has has been such an important um, part of, of 2020, and you know going into the PLL tournament, I think that um adam and i were both pretty outspoken about our support for that and 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 beyond like the the big national politicized piece of it like within our sport diversity is a huge problem and this is something that's always been close to my heart every level that i've played at i've seen you know black teammates go through challenging experiences i see it when i coach um and it's just something that i, I really think needs to be addressed and so I think for Adam and I both, we wanted to just do more than talk about it. You know, we we were outspoken and we were excited to wear the patch and the shirts and do all those things. But it was like, what are we really doing to help create a change here? And and obviously, you know, our teammates Dominique Alexander and, and Mark McNeil were really good leaders for us on the Archers and, and kind of initiating some of these conversations and explaining what us supporting Black Lives Matters, you know, and saying those words means to them in the context of our sport. Um, and, and so using that as inspiration and, and, you know, naming it after Kyle, who's someone who every single one of us has looked up to for a long, long time and has been really outspoken about the need for diversity in the sport of lacrosse for as long as I've followed his career. Um, it was really like an honor for us to kind of get his blessing and his support to to, to name the scholarship after him. And, and the intention, again, there will just be to provide a monetary scholarship to a black lacrosse player who who needs the financial support to continue to play, whether that's, you know, we've received one application already where it's somebody who's looking to help um, pay for his college tuition so he can go play in college. You know, it could be a youth player who's looking for, you know, help to pay for their youth league or, or everything in between. Um, We're going to kind of let the applications tell those stories, but we thought that this would be a great step for us to actually take action in, in trying to improve the diversity within our game and, and really just to show Um, the lacrosse community that, you know, this is a place where we want to invite diversity and we want to become more inclusive. And and we're hoping that maybe our actions can inspire other, you know, white lacrosse players to to step up and and speak out a little bit more and maybe take some more action. So that was the first one we announced, which we were excited about. And then Adam, you can tell them about uh, Turtle Island. Yeah. And it's just so exciting
2: for us too, because of the current situation. We're so used to making direct contact with programs and traveling and getting out there in the world and, you know, we really had to open up our, our creative energy to, to think of ways that we can still provide that positive action. And this, really, when we put our heads together, it just fits so well to what we want to do. And ultimately, we hope to inspire and impact not just perhaps the winner of these scholarships, but maybe the 25 thirty kids that that apply for it, you know, and, and maybe it pushes them to be just better in their community or in their household on the field, et cetera. And um yeah, we're we're just so excited to announce the, the Turtle Island Scholarship as well. We'll be partnering with Randy Stats and Brandon who started Turtle Island Lacrosse, which is a really exciting initiative where they're gonna be not only coaching clinics, uh, but they're gonna be telling the story of, you know, the origin of the game of Lacrosse and like Scott mentioned, that's been a, a big part of every one of our clinics that that we do is we pay respect and homage to where the game came from and I think that's something that sometimes is a little bit lost. You get you get caught up in so much of the growth of the sport, but I we believe it's important to honor the roots of the game because you know, without that, we're not sitting here right now and don't have these blessed lives that we have. And uh, to be working with Turtle Island Lacrosse is just Really exciting, I think, for us, not only as as you know, professional lacrosse players, and having a platform to hopefully inspire kids and and help an Indigenous or Native American young lacrosse player achieve their goals, but also, you know, for us to combine forces and and help those guys get out there in the world and, and you know, tell the story and, t- and coach the game, and then for us, you know, we have so much to learn, you know, and we want to go on the reservations with. With Randy and the Bomberries and and learn and, and be sort of in this uh, cultural part of, of who we are that's that it's lacrosse you know And I'm um, excited to, to be working with them and, and hopefully help change some lives with with the monetary donation to, to a young player that wants to pursue their goals in lacrosse
3: and, and in higher education. And I think that's such an important part with both of these. Is you know the scholarships are what they are. It's it's you know it's money to help support um, an athlete that wants to play, but it's also just a commitment to, to listening and to learning. Like we, you know, first to, to the Black community and understanding what is the experience for a Black lacrosse player like, and how can we, you know, create a more inclusive environment and obviously you know guys like Jules and and all across the league have been really supportive with us and going through that learning process and hopefully again we can set an example for other white players to do so and then same with with you know we all love to talk about the creators game and the roots of the game but have we really put in the effort to learn and understand it and I think Adam and I both have had some moments of looking in the mirror with that like hey we you know we probably know more than than the average across player um, but yeah. we still have a lot to right. learn. So yeah. on top of the, the, the money, it's just a commitment to, you know, making sure we educate ourselves about the indigenous culture and where the right. game comes from. Yeah. And, you know, the more we get educated then hopefully we can spread that into the world. And if we're going to go do a lacrosse clinic and, you know, what better person to come than, um, than, than somebody like Randy stats or Austin stats or, or, or somebody from the indigenous community that can really like tell the story and, and share what this game's all about. So, um, we're really excited about both of those and, and we appreciate you guys uh, giving us this platform to talk about it.
1: Where do you see Give and Go in 10
3: years? I just told you, Bangladesh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. You know, Adam, I, I'm sure maybe has a different opinion, but like so far, this, you know, the, we haven't really paved the journey. We've kind of followed the path that's been put in front of us. So, we want to continue to grow. You know, we want to, want to continue to extend our reach and, and take the game more places and find more ways to give back. But, um, so far the most impactful kind of best things we've done have been doors that have just kind of, you know, shown up and opened themselves for us. So it's really hard to predict like what exactly that's going to look like. And, you know, we intentionally left a lot of kind of ambiguity and and, and not really having a very, very specific mission because, you know, we just know that this sport and this community can change people's lives and we want to be able to bring it to them, you know, in whatever way we can. So I know that's not a very specific answer, but I think that we just want to stay really open to, you know, whatever presents itself. And, and we'll continue to do what we can to to try to help grow the game in that way.
2: I wouldn't mind having an office in Europe at some point.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amsterdam. We're, the PLL is going to have to fly us in from Amsterdam, I think, for... Uh... <laughs>
0: Uh, if if people want to donate or get involved where do they
3: go to yeah we're all over social so give gofund you know on instagram and twitter facebook is easy or givegofund.com. um and you know there's the donation links all over there as well as just more information on kind of the the initiatives we have going obviously right now the the kyle harrison and the uh the turtle island scholarship being the main two so please do uh do check that out and, and donate and We've got some shirts on sale now uh, through Pro Athletics, which you can see on our website or with uh, on Pro Athletics website. And we've got some hats coming soon, so we'll get some swag for everybody here shortly, and uh, and uh, hopefully get some support in return. I
0: was going to say, m and I will be waiting for ours. In
3: the mail. Adam is the master shirt and hat designer. This guy's this guy's got style like no other. So you can guarantee you'll be looking good if you uh, if you wear. A given.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, let's play a little game. We had your teammate, Dominique Alexander, on the show a couple weeks ago. And I asked him who has the biggest romance on the team. And he said it's a tie between Will and Marcus and you two. So we're going to see how well you two act really know each other. I love how they're not, like,
1: second-guessing it. They're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true.
2: (laughs) There's so many times where there's just pure telekinesis going on. So even if I don't know something, I'm just going to. Feel it right through the computer for rat.
3: Yeah. I don't honestly know if, if Will and Marcus can compete. I know everybody likes the whole bunk bed boys thing, but uh, I think Adam and I probably take this home. Although I think the archers are kind of just one giant bromance, if I'm telling the truth. I, I, I freaking love all those guys.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, hopefully your telekinesis will help with this because I'm going to ask Adam a question about Scott, vice versa, and you have to give me the answer to what they would probably choose that make sense? Yeah, let's do it. Great. Okay, Adam, what is Scott's favorite meal?
2: Favorite meal?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to say, well, number one is uh, slop uh, while, while camping. <laughs> and or something that he loves is, is he loves Chipotle. And you will also always get steak and eggs for breakfast
3: if you'll get a eat breakfast ever.
0: Scott, is that correct? Then yeah. I
3: yeah. Steak, steak probably. I mean, I had Chipotle for lunch today, and uh, steak, steak definitely is gonna is is always gonna find its way into my favorite meal. I maybe would throw uh I maybe would throw pizza in there if I was gonna add add one more.
2: Right, we'll okay. Shout, shout out to Brent Adams, the Michelin star campfire cook who.
3: Who makes the slop? That's a whole other story.
0: What? Can you explain what that is? I don't
2: know what that is.
3: Slop. It's just yeah. like it's just like anything you can throw in a pan. It's it's mushrooms are definitely going to be in it. Onions, maybe like some rice, some potatoes, and then you're just going to throw it into a like a tortilla. So it's just like you know, it's just camping food.
2: Yeah, like uh, Beyond Meat or some sort of vegetarian sausage. Well, Brett's vegetarian, so. We were vegetarian.
3: And then the key ingredient, a little bit of dirt. You gotta scream. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, Scott, what is Adam's go to coffee order?
3: Go to coffee order? Oh, he'll just get a he'll just get a cold brew, like a black cold brew. Yeah. No no fun. Or yeah. <laughs>
2: so you guys Scott's? Yeah, what is Scott's? It's about eighty-five percent cream. And fifty percent <laughs>
0: coffee.
2: Also accurate <laughs> with ice.
0: That's how I like my coffee too. Right. On
2: leche. He calls it his leche. <laughs> All
0: right. What is the other's favorite place to travel to?
2: What's, I'll go with Barcelona. I'll go with oh.
3: Spain. I no, that wouldn't. That would not be my answer. I,
0: <laughs> oh!
1: I think <laughs> yeah. I would probably. <laughs>
3: I think I would probably choose. Well, I'll tell you. I think Adams. I think Adams would be Amsterdam and Thailand, would be would be the two I would guess for him. And I, I would I would probably choose Amsterdam as well. And and then I would maybe throw Nicaragua, San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, is my uh, my other home.
1: Did he get it
0: right, Adam?
2: Yeah, he right?
3: crossed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you both have a couple tattoos. What was the other person's first
3: tattoo? Oh God. I don't know. I didn't know Adam when he got his first. I, I think I, I think he was already 20 deep by the time I met him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess the one on your calf that you tried to get removed. Is that is that your first?
2: Yep, that was my 18-year-old boom, decision of my lifetime. <laughs> that was right. Scott, did you go right at the arm? No? Nope. Was it a little baby tattoo?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't expect you to to know this. I got my, I have my family's initials like on my ribs. Which oh
2: is my, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an early one. That, and then my, my
3: second one was, uh, you may not know, Adam and I won the national championship back to back. He won it in 2011 with Virginia, and I won it in 2012. My second tattoo was the word champ on the inside of my lip after. Uh, oh, yeah,
2: that's the We were lucky
3: enough to win the championship. You have
0: it inside the lip.
3: Classic. Classic. <laughs> classic. <laughs>
0: I've always wondered, like when you go to the dentist, do they ever say like,
3: "Yeah,
0: a nice cat inside your yeah. mouth." Yeah,
3: she was like the first time. She was like, "Oh, what's this?" But it <laughs> always makes for a good story. I never mind telling that story.
0: <laughs> nice. nice, Is the other morning or night person? Would you say?
3: Ooh, I, I, I would honestly tell you that I think Adam is both. Um, he's he, he's he's a uh, up late, up early type of person. I pr- I probably like I guess if I had to pick, I would call him a night person, but he's not a sleeping guy either. So to me, he's a high energy, both kind of guy. And I know, I know he's going to get this one right for me, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I think we're we're both night
3: owls. (laughs) Mornings are not my strength. (laughs) Same. Yeah, we like to, I think my brain just starts operating at about midnight. Well yeah, look, I'm drinking my coffee right now, it's three o'clock, so that should be <laughs> <laughs> know about when my day started.
0: <laughs> All right, last one. What is something that the other person does every single game?
2: Every single day? Game. Game.
0: Yeah. Like a ritual.
2: Scott is, is gonna wear his headband, I know that for sure. Um He's gonna pick up ground balls. I know that for sure. <laughs> And he's gonna protect me every game. He's gonna protect me. Three every things.
3: <laughs> okay, so something that Adam does every game, um, he I think that he finds some time before every game to like be alone. Usually, it's like a little stretch or a meditation of some sort. So whether that's like on a normal time, like a normal season, he's out on the game field before every game. You can find him by himself out there at some point, and he go and he takes a pile of balls up to the midline. And he shoots the balls from the midline into the cage. He's the only goalie I think in the league you'll find who starts his warm up with some foot, with some half field shots. So that that's one thing I know he does every game day.
2: In that same realm, Scott will be out on the field with no shoes on barefoot. Either shooting, playing around, or just singing to himself. So
3: that is accurate. So, that's
2: accurate. <laughs> if you ever want to hang
3: out with Adam and I, just come to a PLL game five hours early. And <laughs>
2: I'll, have
3: my, I'll have my venti leche. Adam will have his den on. We'd love to. We'd love to see you.
0: <laughs> love it. All right. Well, that's all we have, for you guys. Thank you for joining us. No one commented on my shirt. It's fun.
3: I noticed first thing I noticed, and next time we're, we'll quiz you two and about this married couple game, put you guys on the hot seat instead.
0: We'll we'll do great. Don't worry.
3: Thank you. We appreciate you guys.
0: Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, guys. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, pioneering a revolution in craft non-alcoholic beers. Athletic Brewing offers low-calorie, fully fermented beer that just happens to be non-alcoholic and tastes great. Place your order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping on two six-packs or more. You can also follow them on social at athletic. Brewing. Again, place your order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping on two six packs or more. Okay, so now it is time to get to that speed. Boy. Boy.
1: That's speed, boy.
0: If you aren't familiar, Emma will have 52 seconds to answer as many interesting stats and fun facts about the Archers Lacrosse Club. If you get it correct, she will hear this sound. And if she gets it wrong, she will hear this sound. Are you ready?
1: Ready. It's going to be Archer specific, so I'm not going to lie. I don't know how well I'm going to do, but I'm going to try my hardest. And I'm going to prove to our number one Archer's listener, Will Manny, that I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i love like saying little manny and then i don't like acknowledge i don't tell him at all that we i mentioned him in the episode and sometimes <laughs> he'll just text me and be like he'll text me at least like heard the episode and i'm like hey, hey, hey. <laughs>
0: uh texted me on friday and said um he was um a little sad about us saying that jameson is our number one fan and not Will Mech. Oh! I <laughs> explained that we have multiple categories of number one fans. We have fan number one fans and we have player number one fans. And Will is the player number one fan. Correct. So I cleared there. Don't worry. Okay. I'm ready. What was the Archers' group play record? Three and one. Who led the team in points? Points. Grant. Who led their defense in calls turnovers? Eli. What uh, number is Adam Gittleman?
1: Oh, uh eighty two?
0: How uh, many points did Scott Ratliff have? Points? Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> four. Close. True or false, Ian McKay had a two-bomb? True. Where did Christian Mazzone go to college? Rikers. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I knew you would Jules get
1: that have. Jules would murder me <laughs> if I didn't get that answer correct. Know, murder that's,
0: me. <laughs> that's why I gave you it. Uh, so the Archers were three and one in group play. Grant led the Archers in points with 20. Matt McMahon led in calls turnovers with 12. Adam Gittleman is eight. Oh. His Instagram name, Adam8Taylor. Scott had six points. And Ian McKay did have a two-bomb. He was the only two, I believe, from the Archers. And Christian went to Rutgers.
1: Wow, I didn't do bad. You every week, I actually didn't do bad. Yeah, yeah i not- literally never covered the archers so like it's fine
0: <laughs> well manny if you're listening to this let us know how many you got correct <laughs> <laughs> all right mm. that is our episode before we go make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts and spotify and please leave us a review make sure you follow us at the inside feed on twitter and instagram and at lisa 29 and at emma on ig you can also follow Adam on IG and Twitter at Adam E Taylor and Scott at Scott Ratliff Q on Instagram and at S Rat on Twitter. Scott's a good Twitter follow if you are looking for happy tweets. Yeah, if you need some motivation, <laughs> just
1: go to his feed and if like all of sudden you're a sudden feeling good
0: on your Twitter, which is honestly much needed these days. Um, Scott's your guy. Facts.
1: Thank you all to right. Athletic Brewing for. Yes. Attending this episode, we yes. very much appreciate it. Love it was a staple of our championship series. So it was.
0: Always and had him in the fridge
1: 100 percent And <laughs> we will see you guys next
0: week. Bye. For the record, I'm not try to make y'all comfortable.